0: Hi, everybody. My name is Sarah Lang, and I'm the founder of the Changemakers Playground, a place where we shine the light on ordinary people and organizations doing amazing things to help make the world a better place. When I'm not on the playground, you can find me working with nonprofits across the U.S. to raise more money, build better boards, brag about the great work they're doing, and planning for their future. Today, I'm interviewing Julia Salik, Julia is only 16 years old, but she's already raised more than five thousand dollars and traveled to Ecuador, Nicaragua and the Dominican Republic to build classrooms for the children who live there. When I asked her why she spends the year raising money and then gives up her spring break to go to developing countries and do construction 10 hours a day, Julia simply said it's because she likes helping people. Julia is wise beyond her years and already knows that she wants to pursue a career that will allow her to keep helping others. Listen in to learn more about Julia and her hard work with Building Beyond Borders.
1: So the first thing I want to do is um, ask you to take a minute to introduce yourself to the audience. Like, who are you? What do you do? Where do you live?
2: I'm Julia Salik, and I'm from Westport, Connecticut. I do a lot of community service, actually. I uh, I like it. I do like stuff with disabled kids, like I do um, sports with them, and I go to this girl's house, this disabled um, kid's house, and we like um, my friend and I we like play with her and stuff. And I do v three, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also do fashion design. I do it like three times a week, depending <laughs> on schoolwork and. I don't know. What else should I say? That's good. I don't know. Yeah. So, so tell me how you started doing all this community service. Like how did that all start? I like, so one, like summer I was looking for, like I didn't really know what I was going to be doing. So I was like, our friend had went on this trip the year before in Costa Rica to do um, community service. And she said she loved it. So I went there and it wasn't as much community service as i thought it was like kind of stupid pro- like not stupid it was like um it didn't seem to matter like the community service we were doing it didn't really seem to be making that much of a difference it was like planting a couple of trees which is all which it's good but like it was not very it didn't seem like it was making that much of a difference like of course planting trees is nice but uh i just wanted to do more so um when i got to high school i looked um I looked a lot to do more and I saw, I heard of builders beyond borders before, but I thought it was more like you had to be like really strong or like you needed to be like an athlete to do it, which I wasn't, I didn't know anything really about it. Um, so after, when I got to high school, I heard of more people like doing that kind of thing. And I was like, oh, you don't need to be like, you could just be like anyone sort of. So I looked into that and I decided to do more community service because I thought that would make more of a difference. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's cool. So
1: it sounds like you're doing a lot locally. So you're doing like sports yeah. with disabled kid and helping this one particular young woman. Um, yeah. So that's amazing. Um. But I'm really curious about like, Building Beyond Borders, like, what is it you do? How does that work? Like, what's your experience with that?
2: So we go, so we do, um, we have a, so for Builders Beyond Borders, there's a required um, local community service as well. But, um, so you need to get at least six hours, but typically people get more. Um, And they have, like, different community service projects around, like, uh, food pantries and stuff, uh, and, like, helping out at farms and um we but our main thing like for builders beyond borders the main thing is like to is going to a different country and um and we spend our break so everybody um there we have two breaks um that are available to us but they have like three different options because they're people who go to other schools and um we go on our break to a different country and we spend each day of the week, um, I think like it depends on where we are. But when uh, so we went, I went to Ecuador my freshman year of high school. It was not as hot there actually because we were in the mountains. So it was like um, we did. I think like ten hours a day. Like we you wake up pretty early and then like and do like a lot of like we built a classrooms both years and this year actually as well um, classrooms for schools that would not be able to. They don't have. The money to do that so a lot of different groups like this come into the these communities and help build but ours particularly so like the there's like a february a march and an april team so the february uh team starts it the march teams they work on it as well and then i'm in the april team which we just kind of finish it we do like they do they've done hospitals we've done classrooms too and then they do like houses for people and <laughs> different building projects. So like oh, cool. Yeah. So you've been to Ecuador how many times now? Twice? I went we went to Ecuador. Um we go to different places each year. So Ecuador our first year and Nicaragua our second year. And this year it's um Dominican.
1: Okay, and so you haven't gone yet this year, right? No, no. <laughs> okay. That's cool. So how many people are there? Um when you are doing this build, like how many people are on the April team with you?
2: Um, I think we have like a smaller team, but I think like 24, 25. Yeah. Plus there's like adult advisors. So we have like five of those, I think. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And And so what are the typical age ranges of the people on your team?
2: So it's all high school. Oh, okay. um, yes, yeah, so it's only high school. And then we have adult advisors, which can be anywhere from, I think there's like a 24 year old is our youngest adult advisor. Mm-hmm. And then like the oldest is probably in his 60s, <laughs> I think. Yeah. And are these high school students from all over the country? Oh, uh, no, it's like just locally. I mean, they could come from like other, they, there's, um, I know they're not on my team. There are people who are coming from New York from other teams, mm-hmm. but not just still local. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: your team is all from Connecticut? Yeah. All right. That's cool. That's really mm-hmm. interesting. Um, so what made you decide to make this kind of a commitment? Because you have to raise money, right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, what does that look like? Tell me about the fundraising side of it
2: the fundraising so they kind of so they have like a basis like we have to write like a letter like if it's not required but they say like they told us our freshman year like oh you should write a letter and show like people how like amazing it is and what you're actually doing so they have classes on that too as well to write it I've never taken them I just wrote yeah I just wrote my own letter but um Mm -hmm. I do so I posted that on Facebook and my my dad did, too. He posted on his Facebook to get to more people. Uh-huh. Um, just kind of sent it around. And um, I don't do this, but, like, a lot of people um, sell, like, they have products you could sell, like coffee and, like, citrus and stuff like that. But, like, I don't know. I haven't really had a problem just doing it with, like, the letter. So I think that works really well. <laughs> and what's, what's been
1: your fundraising goal every year? Like how much um, money have you been raising?
2: I think it depends. I think it actually was less this year than like Ecuador because Ecuador is farther, so like mm-hmm. it's obviously costs more. But um, yeah. it was um, I think twenty one twenty one hundred. I think uh-huh. I'm pretty sure. I'm not positive. That's I great. It's like always around there though. Twenty one. Great. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So tell me how it feels to go to like another country and do this kind of work. Like what are, what are you learning about the world and yourself by doing this?
2: It's really amazing. I mean like I'm really fortunate like obviously like to live in a town like Westport. And so like I feel like a lot of times like we don't we hear about like stuff like situations that we see these people in in these countries, but we you know like never really witness it, but now we get to like actually spend time with the community and stuff and like actually like you could see what a difference it made like last year like we got to actually like hang out with some other kids and we had like a buddy and we bought them like school supplies um when we went there and it was so nice to see them like they were so happy like you could tell that they they didn't even have like shoes that fit right so it was like amazing to see like they got like a whole new backpack and all these new supplies they were so wow. happy which was amazing to see I loved it um and I don't know I feel like I it's like. Definitely a unique experience that I couldn't just get from going to a country. I mean, mm-hmm. like, it's nice to vacation and everything, but it's uh, um, it's much better to do it, like, to see all the, like, interact with the people there, and it makes it more, like, authentic going to these places. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's amazing to see how much we actually help, because, like, a lot of people, like, in school, they think, oh, well, you're just going, like, I have a lot of friends who just are like, well, it's just a vacation, Right. I'm like, no, it's actually, like, we're helping them. And they're like, mm, but it's
1: not. Even yeah. teachers don't understand. Huh. Yeah. Kind of like you have some education you can do for people to help them understand
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what life is like. What do you think it is about you that makes you different from, say, another high school kid that isn't doing this? Like, what, what is it about you that, like, made you pursue this this opportunity?
2: I don't know. I I really like, help. like, people, a lot of people, they like helping people, but they don't really put that first. But I actually, it's a huge part of my life. Mainly, I do a lot of it. So it's like, mainly, like, I don't really know how to explain it. Like, it's just, I don't
1: know. (laughs) Sounds like it's just who you are.
2: Yeah, it's just who I am. And like, a lot of people, they'll do community service, but it's more like, you know, for their trans, it's for their, like, for college they want it to look good but like for me like i don't really care about that at all like it's more like about like how like i like to see like to improve other people's lives obviously yeah
1: great so what kind of difference now you um kind of have this experience of like going to another country and putting up buildings and seeing the kind of impact that can have on other people's lives, like? Do you think that's impacted like what you want to do in the future and maybe like what do you want to study when you go to college? No, yeah, I'm just wondering like how has this experience changed you?
2: Yeah, like I definitely know now that I definitely, I want a job and like helping, like definitely somewhere helping people, but I'm not exactly sure what I want to do, but I know maybe like work for a nonprofit when I'm older. I I don't know, but I know that like. I don't want to just give it up and I I'm gonna definitely do it in college and I know that there are a lot of opportunities in college because my sister does a lot of it mm-hmm. and um, I, I don't know I definitely I'll see I'll, I want to see what um, kind of jobs I could get um, helping other people but I, don't, I think that in any field though they most fields um, I could find something um, that will relate to what I'd like to do um, in general,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and, um, also like helping people in general. Mm-hmm.
1: Is there any particular group that you feel like you want to help more than others? I know you were saying you seem like you have a lot of experience working with disabled youth. Is that uh, a particular interest?
2: Yeah, that is definitely a, um, an interest for me. Like, I don't know if I would want uh, maybe like education um, uh, for disabled uh, kids or just like. I don't know. I'm not positive. Like I definitely want to help people, but I don't know like which group, like it doesn't really like, I don't know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds It sounds like what's more important to you is making a positive difference in the world. Yeah. And it's not as important to help one group versus another.
2: Yeah. Like, maybe I'll do like Peace Corps. That's definitely something that I want to do. It seems like amazing to like things that you go with for like two years, which seems mm-hmm. incredible.
1: Yeah. I've had some friends who have done Peace Corps. I had a friend in Nepal and I had a friend down in Haiti and oh, really? yeah, they said it was pretty amazing. It changed yeah. their lives. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like- I th- I think there's so many opportunities out there to make the world a better place. Like you're already doing it right. And you're yeah. <laughs> it, right. What seven, are you seventeen now?
2: I'm sixteen. Oh, you're sixteen. Holy! Yeah. Shit.
1: yeah. So, like, you're sixteen, and you're like already making this incredible difference in the world, and <laughs> and like just by the nature of who you are in the world, like you're changing the world. Like, not just for the people in Ecuador, or Nicaragua, or the Dominican Republic, but you know, like, I'm sure that your friends, even if they don't quite get it, they still see. That you're making a difference, and it might change the way that they're thinking, and so you like you never know, right? It's kind of like dropping a pebble in the water. You're never really sure who's going to get impacted. Yeah, um, yeah. So there's there's tons of options out there. You know, like I, my graduate degree is actually in social work, but it's in man, the management end of social work. So I run my own nonprofit consulting company, and I help lots of nonprofits. But um, I do it more from like a management perspective. I don't really work with, I've never really worked one-on-one with clients. Like that's just not, you know, my interest per yeah. se. Um, I see the value in it, but I, I went yeah. into social work school knowing that I was not interested in therapy. Yeah. <laughs> so I would just like bring all my clients home and make yeah. a hot cocoa or something. But um yeah, so there's like so many options, and I have friends who are doing like social enterprise stuff. So they have like their MBA, but they have this like mission driven company, and yeah. so yeah, there's like tons of options. There's I've, so
2: many. Yeah, I've looked into and, that.
1: yeah, I have I've had friends in the Peace Corps. I have friends who are teachers. So there's like so many options. So it's okay <laughs> not to know when you're sixteen. Yeah. The one thing I was interested in when I was 16 was soccer. I was, that was about it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. So um, what inspires you? Like, where do you get your inspiration?
2: Like who or like. Yeah. Who, who inspires you? What inspires you? Are
1: there people that you look up to and really respect and say, Oh, I really want to be more like this person.
2: I mean, my older sister does a lot. Cause when she like um she kind of like if she sees like something like if she sees an injustice she sh- sort of just like goes after it like you know she'll try to like fix it she like mm. created her own like organization for animals because she was so like upset about the way they were treated and she saw it with her own eyes and was like i don't know that's kind of what i want to do like i want to do like something like would like to like be able to just like go after something like that like be able to um mm-hmm. She does a lot of, like, community service, but it's, like, she's so passionate about it because she, I don't know, like, sorry, I don't really know how to describe it. It's kind of hard to think of the words for it. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry.
1: Don't apologize. It's fine. Um, I don't
2: know. I'm trying to think. So, is she, you said she's in college. Yeah. Uh-huh. Where does she go to school? Washington University in St. Louis. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it sounds like maybe some of the stuff you admire about
1: your sister is, like, she's passionate.
2: Yeah, she's very passionate. And that
1: she's kind of driven, like, she Mm -hmm. doesn't, sounds like um, she sees something and she's like, that's not okay, I'm going to go after it. I'm going to make that a difference. So, sounds like she's kind of single-minded, like, I'm going to fix this problem, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. So,
1: (laughs) yeah, she sounds like she might be determined, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, so that's, that's great that your older sister is your, yeah. your influence. I mean, because like
2: so many people, they'll see something like a homeless man on the street and they'll be like, oh, well I can't do anything. But like, she will be like, try her best to like figure out whatever she can to do to help that person or the people or animals, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So it sounds like, um, is it just you and your sister? Or do you have other?
2: I have friends? a younger sister too. Okay.
1: Yeah. So is she also like a
2: helper? I don't know yet.
1: Um, <laughs> I sure. will tell, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think probably.
1: Yeah. So it sounds like at least, you know, two out of three of you are kind of helpers, right? Yeah. So That's great. It's, I think it's incredible that you're 16 and you're raising money and going around the world, Thank building you. classrooms for kids. Like that's really, I definitely was not that altruistic at 16. <laughs> so. Thank you. Um, yeah, no, I think, it's, I think it's fabulous that you're, yeah. you're doing that and that you want to continue to make a difference in the world. So are there lessons that you've learned or things that you've learned that you would want to share with other people who are interested in something like this? Like maybe somebody's really interested in getting involved in a program like Building, to, building Beyond Borders, or maybe they want to help deal with animals or homeless people. Like what would you, what would you advise them to do?
2: Well, I think that like, wait, if they just want to get involved in something. Yeah. Like if they, if they, if they're watching this
1: video and they're saying, oh my gosh, she's out there doing all this stuff to make the world a better place. Like, what is your advice to them? Like, how can they get started?
2: Well, I think like any, like local things are like anything local, like local community service is like actually like a lot of people don't. See it as much like I just think that like everybody, even Builders Beyond Borders, like has local um, community service projects because like it's a lot of people overlook it, especially in communities like where I live in Westport. Because people think, oh well, it doesn't really exist here. It's more like even though Builders Beyond Borders, like a lot of it is going going around the world, but the local community service, like I was able to see a lot more of um, the the need in Westport and around Westport and just. Mm I I think, like, starting small and, like, just doing seeing, doing as much as you can, I don't know.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so maybe, like, looking around and seeing what organizations are in your community. Yeah. Sounds like that's a way people could get started.
2: Yeah, and, like, it will, like, anything that you do, like, people think that they can't really make a difference, like, if they just do it alone, but, like, anything. Like, I, wait, I didn't, I don't think I mentioned this, but there's also, like, I do, like, um, tutoring for homeless kids in my sport, and even that, like, that's even, it seems so insignificant to other people. Like, oh, like, it's just, like, one person, but even one person, you're going to improve that one person's life. So, I think that it's really important to just recognize that anything yeah just a small thing like that can make Mm -hmm.
1: a difference yeah and I think it's it's beyond just the tutoring right so it's it's you being able to make a contribution of yourself right and and that homeless kid seeing that gee somebody cares about me and somebody cares about how I do and yeah I think it's less yeah
2: it's less about actually like well it is about tutoring but it's less about that like stuff like that it's like more about being able to like I think, like, connecting with them, like, they really, you know, like, they really feel it, like, they, they feel connections with us, and, like, we're able to, like, I don't know, we're friends with them, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: well, it's, it's, again, like, we all need people in our lives who care about us, right, so family or friends or teachers or coaches, like, like, we need to be cared for, that's just part of the human experience, right, so. I just think it's great that these kids who are in this situation—that's you know—they didn't do anything, right? They're just kids, so yeah. here they are in this situation where they don't even have a home, and you know you're there to say, "Hey, I I care about that, you know, and yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna do what I can to help you through this." So mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's amazing. I think that's really great.
2: Yeah, but just to do something like that seems small, but it's it helps them um, personally. So just yeah. to do something like that. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I think
1: it's, it's the small things matter, right? Yeah. Yeah.
2: There's a lot yeah. of people don't really realize. I mean, they're like, Oh, you need to like, even if you don't get involved in an organization like B3, cause like that is going around the world. Like you don't need to go around the world to find people that you could help or anything that you could help.
1: Yeah. Cause they're probably right in your backyard. Right. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. So um if people
1: want to support what you're doing in particular or like are you still doing fundraising for the Dominican Republic trip or have you reached no your-
2: probably I'm, I'm going to be doing more fundraising for next year but um they can they can always like donate money to v3 they also have um they have something on Amazon where do you know Amazon smile yeah you yeah. could like choose v3 as like an organization that you want to like that you want to donate to um every time like you know how it works, right? <laughs> every time yeah. you pay for something, every time you buy something, it donates a little bit, which they really, um, they really yeah. encourage that because it helps a lot with um, getting supplies um, for the communities.
1: Yeah, yeah. So what other kinds of things would you encourage people to do? Like, so look in your own community, donate to yeah. B3. Um, is there anything else that you would advise people to do if they're looking to make a difference in the world? I'm not
2: sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't really know of anything else, like, besides, like, like, don't, like, a lot of people think also that, like, I mean, you don't have to just, like, throw money at stuff. I don't know. Like, it's a lot of, like, personal, like, if you can make, like, personal connections with people or, I don't know, like, it's not just. it's it's not all about money. I don't know. Like money obviously like can help people, but like Mm -hmm. other things as well, like just like being there for other people is really nice. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I I like that, that it's not, it's not necessarily about donating. It's about just giving your time or your, who you are, you know, making that contribution being a contribution. Yeah. Cool. Great.
2: Yeah. (laughs) So
1: how do you think all of this has changed you? Like, like, you know, someone from Connecticut going and building houses in a developing part of the world. Like, how has that changed you? Like, what do you think is different for you now?
2: Living in Westport particularly, I kind of, it's called the Westport bubble because you, you don't really know of anything outside of it. I mean, there's really like, if you just drive 15 minutes away, they're very poor. Like there's Bridgeport, which has a lot Mm -hmm. of like poor people, but you know, like, It's never been, like, something that most people think of. I mean, I've heard the phrase, oh, well, we let them, like, you know, like, it's horrible, like, what people say. But, like, people say that, you know, you let them work in your house, but you don't, like, invite them to come and stay for dinner or something, Mm -hmm. which is horrible. Um, And I think that it's – doing B3 has really taught me to, like – like, I never really thought of that. Like, I never really was thinking about the other – I knew about the world in respects to like like, statistics, sort of. Not really, like... Like, I learned about it in school. It was more like, well, this many people go hungry. But, like, I never really saw it personally. So you can't make a personal connection if you never, if you never see that. Like, I never went into Bridgeport. I never went into... I don't even know, like, Norwalk or something. Like, I never really saw. Like, even the towns, like, near us, like, have, a, like, a lot of poor people. But I never really... I stayed kind of around here and I think going, like doing something like B3 has really opened my eyes up to sort of like the sort of injustices around here too. Cause like, I see how with such disparity, like even in education, everything um, in the two, in all the different towns around us. And um, I think also just in the world in general, just like, I think it's really taught me to like compassion sort of, and being able to, I don't know, like understand other people's situations more. Cause like being in school doesn't teach you that. I mean, it teaches you, as I said, like stats, but like nothing really, I couldn't really connect to that in any way. Yeah. Yeah. So it
1: sounds like school gives you the knowledge, which is up in your head, right? Yeah. and then. B3 has given this experience where it's now in your heart. Yeah, yeah, that's how. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Because I agree with you. I think a lot of times we're taught stuff in school that doesn't, it doesn't really mean anything because we don't have a context, you know, like. And, And, oh,
2: that's sad. (laughs) But then you're like, you go on with your day, you know. It's not, it's not really like, it doesn't really hit you, you know. I don't know. Excuse me. Yeah. No,
1: I agree with you, because like, even here in Worcester, it depends on where you live in the city, right? And you wouldn't think that would be the case, that your education would be different, given that it's all the Worcester public school system. But, you know, we live on the west side of the city, which is more white, more affluent. Um, And so I know that my son got a better education than kids who literally live half a mile from here. And, um, you know, one of the things that I was really like I coached his soccer team for like 12 years. And so I was constantly picking up boys for practice and games and my car was constantly full of boys um, because their parents didn't have cars or they didn't have the time or they couldn't get off work. I mean, there were just a lot of circumstances. So, you know, I think it was really, really good. And I made a point of saying to my son, like these boys live half a mile from us. What do you think their school day is like? what do you think their home like is life? And he was like, well, i um, different from mine. And yeah. like, you know, so he, he learned from his, literally his teammates. Um, I would always take them to get food afterwards. Cause I knew not all of them were, some of them come from food insecure homes or yeah. homes where families are experiencing hunger and, like I had a couple of kids every season who would like their cleats would just fall apart and I'd have to like run around, try to help them find a new pair of cleats and um, just like simple stuff, right? That we can often take for granted, like having shoes on your feet, right? You, you were saying is like,
2: yeah,
1: you know, you, you probably go to school with a lot of people who take it for granted that of course I'm going to have a backpack full of supplies every fall, you know?
2: And that's, that's, and that's
1: they, not even the case, right?
2: There's some people like, I remember being, like, seeing people, like, when I was, I was more, like, middle school, though. There were boys who used to fight about how expensive their shoes were. Like, they would try to, like, one-up each other. Like, well, oh, mine were $500. Like, you're like, you're, like why, you, this is so, like, compared to everything else they're fighting. I don't know. It just seemed so, it just seemed horrible. I don't know. To yeah. About that. I was, very, I was very mad. <laughs> <on> when. <What? it. laughs>
1: Well, you know, because you have been in countries where <clears throat> kids don't have shoes, period, you know, yeah. and $500 would probably buy, you know, oh. shoes for the entire village, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think your perspective is very different now that you've been yeah. to the countries and you've seen what a lot of other people in the world deal with on a daily basis, you know. So, of course, you think, you know, it's silly for boys to fight over $500 shoes. Yeah, yeah, because you have a more global perspective now. So yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think it's, it's really interesting to come back. I mean, I've, I've gone to different developing parts of the world. And I think you really do have that appreciation for the fact that, oh, we, we get to come into our house and turn on a tap and water comes out that we can actually, drink. you know, or we have a flush toilet, or I have shoes on my feet, or I have heat in my house. Um.
2: Or, like, access to, like, fresh vegetables. Like, a lot of them don't don't have that. They were eating, like, I don't know, like, chips that were, like, that they were, like, very unhealthy foods that they couldn't, that couldn't give them the right diet. And mm-hmm. it was not very... Yeah. But one of the things that they did last year was they had a garden made for them so that they could have that access to fresh vegetables yeah
1: oh that's great yeah so so why do you think they don't have access to to healthy foods like why didn't they have a garden before you guys got there
2: I don't really know like I think it's a lot of it like to grow food like organically especially because that's what they're doing there is like I don't think it's more expensive but I I don't think growing it is more expensive I think that normally when it's sold it's more expensive um and they also you know like chips are they might have like access to it but you know like they have it there but they don't have like the like a lot of them there was a woman with six children who was like braiding hair for a living like i don't think that she could like support herself like just on that and like let alone like her family so like she wasn't thinking about like She was just putting food, thinking about putting food on the table. It wasn't really about getting the freshest like vegetables, which I don't know, like at the garden, all of them like have access to it and it's cheaper and they don't use like pesticides or anything, which is Mm -hmm. really important. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it sounds like the chips were the fastest, easiest way to get food, maybe the cheapest way to get food.
2: Yeah. I mean, they had like they actually had a guy from Peace Corps, there, uh, Peace Corps there. Um, doing he did an experiment on the chips that they were eating, and he lit them on fire. And the way it burned, he was talking about how it showed how unhealthy it is and how manufactured it was because it was like it was like bubbling instead of like just like burning. So it was like very interesting to see. Like that's what they're putting in their body. They don't even know what's in it, really. They just yeah. can- there.
1: I don't know, because they they can buy it. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. We saw that I was in Peru a couple of years ago and we were up um in the mountains above Cusco and um the only thing that grows we were up at twelve thousand feet and the only thing that grows up there is are, are potatoes. So that's mostly what they eat pretty yeah. much round the clock is potatoes. So um the Peruvian government was excuse me, in the process of building all these greenhouses, but they're hydroponic greenhouses. So like there's fish swimming around in the water of the tank. And so they can, they can eat the fish, but the fish will reproduce. And then the fish waste helps fertilize the plants. And so it's like this whole
2: sustainable. Yeah.
1: So they're like (laughs) kind of creating this cool ecosystem up at 12,000 feet. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it was really neat to see that. Um, but, yeah, it's like you go to these other countries and you see, like, people just do the best they can with the resources they have. And if that means they're eating chips, you know, two or three meals a day or potatoes all the time, that's just yeah. how it is. Oh, yeah.
2: That's all they can do us uh, for some of them.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. Chips can be very cheap. Those ones, I think, were, like, made in Nicaragua. So, like, yeah. they were pretty cheap. I mean.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the big thing in Peru was uh this stuff called Inca Cola and it it looks like neon Mountain Dew. Like Mountain Dew is already super neon, right? <laughs> but this was even like even yellower and green. It was like, wow. And you're like reading the ingredients, you're like, this is kind of kind of amazing, this chemical <laughs> cocktail, but yeah, you know, because they the not all the water in every part of Peru is drinkable. Yeah. Um a lot of people will drink inca cola instead of water, yeah, so it's like it's really bad. really
2: bad, yeah, yeah,
1: and then it like the sugar and stuff is not good for your teeth and so yeah, so mm. it's it's similar, I think to you know the chip situation, it's, yeah, it's locally produced, it's inexpensive, yeah. it's what they can afford, it's cheaper than water, um so yeah i I think it's it's not uncommon um so is there anything else you want to tell me about like what you're doing and when do you so you go in april to your trip
2: we go early april like Mm -hmm. i think yeah yeah
1: and and how long are you there are you there for like a week or
2: two yeah that's our so our break is like for a week so okay yeah so we all go i think we Leave that like the first day, like when right when we can, and then we come back like the last day. Yeah. And yeah, they require it for us to go to school the next day, so we get yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> <Shit flag. laughs>
1: yeah,
2: everyone's like so so exhausted. Yeah, I bet.
1: Yeah, hopefully, the teachers don't expect too much from you.
2: No, no, they're pretty nice about it, they understand most of them, not all. Yeah, <laughs> that's teachers Who are even um who go on the trips. Um, uh, there's, we have a couple, I think we had, I don't know, one from a different school, but there are some, like, I know teachers who have gone on the trips before and they said, like, you don't really understand, a lot of teachers wouldn't under really, they don't really understand it until they go on the trips, I guess. Like mm-hmm. a lot of people in general, I mean, it's hard to know, really, and it's hard to explain it. It's so, it's such a unique experience that is so like nothing else I guess that that's why the people don't really get it that's why they it's hard to explain it to people because I don't know if you've never done anything like it especially it's just so like
1: it's un- foreign right
2: <laughs> uh, nobody yeah. Gets
1: it. <laughs> yeah I think sometimes we humans have a hard time wrapping our brains around what's outside of our experience yeah so that's probably why they can't make sense of it. They're like, okay, you're spending your vacation going to another country building buildings. I don't get that.
2: (laughs) But also people, Oh, well, it's just a vacation. Yeah. That's, it's generally like, well, you're just going on vacation. You're not really doing much, right? Isn't that why you went? Because you're going to go to a different country. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm in a different country building with cinder blocks and cement. And yeah, (laughs) yeah. well, (laughs) I have to say that I really admire the fact that you're doing all thank this, you. especially as a 16 year old. I find that really inspiring.
2: Thank so you.
1: yeah. Thank you for thank being so here and, uh, and for making a difference in the world. I think it's, it's incredible what you're doing and I have a feeling that you're going to continue to be an amazing young woman and make the world thank a better so place. Much. Thank
2: and, you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So thanks for spending time and playing with me in the Changemakers
2: <laughs> Playground. I really appreciate that. Thanks so much.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, I'm take it easy it. and I'll, I'll be back in touch soon because like I need to get
0: some photos and stuff from you.
2: Okay. Too. Definitely. Okay. All right, cool. Bye. All right. Bye.
0: So thanks for joining us on the Changemakers Playground today. I hope you're feeling as inspired as I am by the work that our Changemakers are doing. Stay tuned for future episodes. And remember, each one of us has the power
2: to be a change maker.